Hillbilly Horror Stories presents Eerie Encounters. I was five years old 42 years ago. I didn't know anything about the paranormal. My mom was going into labor with my younger brother, so mom and dad had me stay at my grandparents for a couple of days that just happened to be over Christmas. Christmas morning was great. I still remember their silver vintage aluminum Christmas tree and the and the Crayola caddy that I unwrapped and so wanted. That night, though, something strange and terrifying happened. I shared a queen bed with my grandfather. Side note, there were two bedrooms, and my grandparents already slept in separate rooms for years, probably because of snoring. I was awoken in the middle of the night to the bed violently shaking. To give a sense of this intensity, imagine the four legs of the bed were each sitting in industrial paint can mixers, synced up, turned on high. I had no idea what was going on, but I was scared to death. My grandfather, however, was still sleeping through this. I tried desperately to shake him awake. Finally, he started to stir awake, and instantly the bed stopped. It was completely still. And I asked him, Grandpa, what was making the bed shake? Why was the bed shaking? Groggily, he had no idea what I was talking about, and he said, The bed's not shaking. Go back to sleep. He turned back over and was snoring again in seconds. My adrenaline was jacked, and I was in no way falling back to sleep anytime soon. I just sat there in the dark, in the silence. There was ambient light coming from outside the dimly lit room. The bedroom door was open, which it normally was. If you were at the foot of the bed, you could look out the bedroom doorway, down the hall and into the front room where the Christmas tree was. I sat up at the edge of the bed to look at the tree. As little kids, Christmas tree gives you a sense of comfort. As I looked at the tree, probably 30 feet away, I could see something was different. Now sitting beside the tree was a silhouette slash shadow shape of a huge Doberman dog. And by huge, I mean sitting on its haunches, still being over five feet tall. It just stared at me. No movement, no sound. Now, although I couldn't get the sense of if it was trying to get me, it scared me. I hid under the covers and eventually fell asleep. I woke up to a beautiful, sunny winter morning. Now, nothing paranormal ever happened in that house again, at least not to my knowledge. However, my grandfather would certainly turn out to be a complete monster. He went on to molest his grandchildren, including me, starting months later. He was always terribly verbally abusive to my grandmother and was terribly physically abusive to my father and uncle when they were kids. Both of those grandparents have long since passed. I often wonder if there was a connection between this demonic slash poltergeist activity and him. Did the activity cause him to act awful to his grandchildren? Or did he, already a terrible person, somehow unknowingly manifest the activity himself? If you have insight to beds violently shaken or a huge dark shadow, dogs, and Dobermans, I'd appreciate it. To note, this occurred likely right when my brother was actually being born a mile or two away, which was about 3 a.m. local, December 26, 1980. It may be six hours after the Rendlesham Forest incident that happened thousands of miles away in England, 3 a.m. local, December 26, 1980, 
unsure if these events are purely coincidental. That story was sent anonymously. not sure if this counts, but it was a beautiful moment that happened last year and I wanted to share it. Could be coincidental, but I did find it comforting to know that he was at peace and he got his wish for snow in rural Alabama, and lots of it. Bear with me, because there's some backstory to this. My great uncle Gerald was a retired veteran and a firefighter. I didn't know much about him, but I know that he was a very sweet man with a big heart and an even bigger anxiety. Our family on his side, however, isn't all that way, and unfortunately, he usually went to the brother or sister's suppers essentially alone. The only one who would make a concerted effort to talk to him being my grandmother. The family is very, let's say, catty. I think that's a good descriptor. They talk behind one another's back and they try to start things. Word got around eventually and my grandmother was fed up with it. She decided that she wouldn't go to my brother or sister's suppers anymore. Well, once Gerald found out about this, he decided he wouldn't go either. Unfortunately, this meant that he would be alone on Thanksgiving aside from his caretaker. He usually was anyways, but now even more so. So my grandmother invited him to our Thanksgiving so that he could have supper like a real family should around people who do genuinely love and cherish him. I didn't see him for a moment where he wasn't smiling, especially when he was holding my baby niece in his arms, rocking her to sleep when she was fussing, which was most of Thanksgiving. I got to finally know him then, and I've never met someone with a gentler heart since. When it was over... Grandmother told me that Gerald told her that he didn't want to leave, that he had such a good time and he really didn't want it to be over. He passed away in his sleep just a week later. I'm really truly happy that he had such a nice time before he passed. Now, I live in Alabama, and one thing you should note about here is even in the northernmost part of the state, it rarely snows. On Thanksgiving, it was hardly even weather enough for an overshirt. And the day before Gerald was buried, that was still the case. The day of, though, I had never seen it snow harder. I think it may have been three inches deep, which is unheard of where we live, especially to occur overnight with no warning. Hell, I had never seen so much snow stuck on the ground. I know it may just be a coincidence, but I like to imagine that was Gerald telling us from beyond that he was at peace. That story was sent anonymously. So the other night I woke up around 4 a.m. to go pee and I saw an unknown boy sitting in a chair staring at me. Now for context, I live in a converted primary school for non-UK readers. It was a school for ages six to eight. It was built back in the 1700s and has a lot of history. At the end of my bed is normally a suitcase because I'm going away soon, but as I opened my eyes, I noticed that it was a chair 
and in it was a boy of about eight years old. I didn't recognize him. He turned his head and he stared right at me. At first I was startled, but weirdly I calmed right down when the initial shock of seeing him passed. I turned on my bedroom light and he was gone. The suitcase had returned. I went to pee and returned to bed like normal. I understand that I was probably still half dreaming, but it was kind of cool nonetheless. I wonder who he was. That story was sent anonymously. This happened when I was a junior in high school. Me and my friends that were also my classmates were preparing for a play and we were assigned the task of doing the background props. We needed a house that we could meet up at and work on these props and also leave the props there. Luckily, my classmate offered their old house since they moved to another place and it was also close to our school, so we agreed to work at their house. Immediately after class, we decided to go check out the house so we could familiarize ourselves with the location of it. We arrived and we went inside the house, nothing out of sorts. We rested for a bit on the sofa in the living room, then we headed out and made sure that everything was locked. Saturday came. We had bit by bit been moving materials that we were working on into the house after classes every day, or at least that's the way I remember it. We were a total of six people working at the same time. We arrived early in the morning so we could accomplish the task earlier. It was around noon. My friend needed to go outside to run errands. We were all in the front yard doing the background prop when his friend asked us if we saw his other shoe. We said that none of us had seen it. Then we asked him where did he last put it on. Under the sofa, that's where he saw his one shoe. We all started looking for this shoe, even inside one of the rooms where we hadn't even stayed in. It wasn't found. One of our friends had a feeling that we were being toyed with by a ghost, so all of us went outside in the front yard while his friend said in a calm manner to please bring the shoe back and he closed the door. But the door couldn't be closed because the shoe was hanging on the corner of the door. We were all spooked, so we ran outside the gate of the house. We were discussing which one of us could have been the one to put the shoe on top of the door, but we were all busy outside working in the front yard. Anyways, after we calmed down, we went back inside, we cleaned the materials that we had left on the floor, and we just got the hell out of there. Of course, we still came back to the house to finish our props, or else we were going to have no background to use for our play. Nothing spooky happened then, at least not to me, to say the least. The story was sent anonymously. You have been listening to Hillbilly Horror Stories Presents Eerie Encounters. If you have an eerie encounter that you would like read on the show, please send it to hillbillyhorrorstories at gmail.com.